Hey, it's so good to be here uh, tonight, student ministry. Um, I want you to know, first of all, um, I've been here for like 16 years, and I don't know, I probably can count on one hand the number of times I've preached at United. So this is like a big stinking deal for me. I feel so honored to be able to come tonight and share. So you, you have to really, you have to really get your game on to come to preach at United. So anyway, it's good to be here. Um, I am so glad to be able to share with you tonight to continue in your series uh, on my way and uh, want to cover just a couple of things that you've already talked about. Uh, week one, you talked about uh, direction, not intention, determines destination. Week two, you talked about, Ryan spoke about the reasons why we oftentimes get on the wrong path. And uh, tonight what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how can I make sure that I get on the right path. So what we're going to do is we're going to pray and then we'll get started. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for each of these students. And I pray tonight that we would lean into your truth because it's only your truth that can set us free to a better tomorrow. And God, each of us prays for that. Each of us wants that. But some of us tonight might just be on a road that leads us to danger. And God, we want to be set free to live the kind of future that you've called us to live. We love you and we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, I was watching a movie on the way home from Africa. If you've ever, like, flown across the ocean You like watch 9 million movies, right? Because you can't go to sleep and you just watch movies. And so I was watching this movie called Prometheus. Anybody seen that? Prometheus? It's a sci-fi and I'm not usually kind of science fiction guy. But when you've already watched, you know, a million movies, you don't have many choices left. So I was watching this movie called Prometheus and uh, they're visiting this new planet they've never been to before. And I don't know about you, but the most frustrating parts of movies for me is when you see a character headed towards trouble and they keep going anyway. Have you ever seen that before? So they're, they're on this planet. So automatically, if you're on a strange planet you've never been to, you ought to do, it ought to just heighten your awareness to be a little concerned about your well-being. Well, then they have to wear these suits, these astronaut suits with helmets because they cannot breathe the air on this planet. That ought to make you a little bit nervous. Then they walk into a cave and they keep going deep into this cave. And I don't think there's many good things that happen in caves. So they keep going down this cave and finally they come to this place and it's like this slimy goo that's in the middle of the cave. And um, out of the goo comes this white-looking snake with no eyes. At that point, right, what are you going to do? You're going to run as fast as you can. But they don't. They start walking towards this snake with no eyes. Oh, how cute. Like he's a little puppy or something. And they're walking up to him. And finally, he just like, his whole face just opens up. It's like it opens up like four ways. And all of a sudden, there's this hissing sound that comes out of it. And they're still walking towards him as if he's some little pet. And then all of a sudden, the snake, in just a moment, they get real close. And the snake just jumps out at him, wraps himself around the arm of one of the guys. It's like breaking his arm off. Then it flies off of the guy's arm straight through the astronaut's mask into his mouth and goes down his mouth. That's what happens. 
And I'm sitting there thinking the whole time, there were so many places along the way that you should have saw it coming. But they kept going. And they suffered harm. Now, it's always easy to see it in a movie, right? You can tell with, it's just crystal clear. They are going in the wrong direction and they are headed for trouble and they can't even see it. But it's not so easy sometimes to see it in your own life, right? I remember a time from my own life uh, with my dad. So my dad comes from a family that basically every single one of them has died in an early age from heart disease. And so he kind of knew that growing up. And, uh, but my dad, you know, would always eat fried foods. My dad would always, he was a smoker. And he'd always like work really, really hard. He owned his own business. He was like a workaholic. And so he's doing all these things. Well, at 42 years of age, some of you probably have parents that might be that age right now. At 42 years of age, he had a heart attack. And he almost died. And so... The doctor sat down with him. Obviously, what is he going to say? No fried foods, stop smoking, and you got to take it easy on the work deal. And my dad did it for a couple of years, but then after a while, he started back smoking, started eating all the, the nasty foods that weren't good for him, and he was working like crazy. And I remember always joking with my dad and said, Dad, you need to stop. And he would always joke back with us and he would say, you know what? If a person's going to die, they might as well enjoy what they're doing. And we laughed until at 61 years of age, he died of heart disease. And all of a sudden, it wasn't a joke anymore. Because you see, all along the way, my dad had warning signs that that he needed to stop and change directions. And I don't know if that would have changed anything. He might have died anyway because, you know, when when you got it all in your family history, it could have just happened anyway. But I certainly would have liked to have known, right, had he made some decisions to change direction in his life. Do you know what my dad's goal was? He always told us he wanted to retire and he, wanted to, he already lived by a body of water like the river. He wanted to build a dock and buy a boat and take his grandkids fishing. That was his desired destination. But what happened is the decisions he was making was putting him on a different path, right? And I remember to this day holding Lindsay, my youngest, and knowing that she would never know her grandfather. And so tonight, what I want to talk to you about is about, you know, all of us have this capacity to get on a road that could lead to potential danger or harm in our lives. And, and I want so desperately for you to, because to, some of you might be on that path tonight. You might be on a dangerous path. And I don't want you to have to live with the regret of, of finding yourself in a place where you no longer have any good options and you're all out of decisions And you're in a a terrible place. So what I want to teach you on tonight is a passage from Proverbs 20, 27, 
chapter 27, verse 12. It's just one verse. It's listed two or three times in the book of Proverbs. That's how important it is. But I want to read this verse to you. It says, The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. I want you to read that with me. Let's read it again. The prudent see... Read with me. Okay, read loud like you own it. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. Let me share a few things with you about this passage. First of all, all of us have the capacity to get on a path that leads to danger. All of us. And you know why I know that? Because from the very beginning of history, the Bible says that from the very beginning, we turned our backs on the creator. And we said, I'll do life on my own terms. And when we did that as a race, it fractured everything. It fractured God's image in us. It distorted our relationships with one another and with God. It it separated us in our relationship with God. And it really just jacked up the whole created order. So today, if you're sitting there looking like, I don't know why I think some of the things that I do. I don't know why I do some of the things that I do because I don't want to do them, but I wind up doing them anyway. If you've ever felt that, it's because all of us have this capacity to move towards places that will endanger us and hurt us. It's called sin. And so what happens, you know, in those moments is that we put ourselves in some very, very difficult places. And here's the truth. It doesn't matter if you're male, female, black, white. It doesn't matter if you have a lot of money or don't have any money. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian and you attend church all the time or if you're someone who doesn't quite believe yet and and you never attend. We all have the capacity to put ourselves into some dangerous places in life. And so in this passage, there are two different people, right, in the passage. The first one is the prudent person. Now, another word for prudent is wise, the wise person. Here's what the wise person does. The wise person is on a path, and they stop to look what's out ahead of them. Because the path you're on eventually gets you to a certain destination. And so the wise person looks ahead to see what's out in front of them. And the wise person notices there's a cliff ahead. There's a brick wall ahead. And it's on this road that I'm traveling. And they say, "Uh uh-oh, I need to make a change. And so they go a different direction. That's a wise person. Now, the simple person, and another word for simple is fool in the Bible. Another word for for simple is naive. The foolish person is headed down a road and may not even look to see if there's danger ahead because they don't realize that today's decisions and actions impact tomorrow. Right? The decisions we make today are impacting our tomorrow. But the foolish person says, oh, no, what I do today is what I do today. It won't have any impact on tomorrow. And so the fool doesn't see danger ahead. And the Bible says they keep going. And the Bible says they suffer for it. Now, 
I don't know why a foolish person would see danger ahead or or whatever and not do anything about it. Here's what I think they might have thought. They might have thought, you know what? I'll get to it tomorrow. Have you ever had something where you kind of feel like you're drifting in an area of your life and you're just like, well, I'll take care of that tomorrow. There's always tomorrow. And I don't know about you when I procrastinate on things. It's like it never, tomorrow never comes because I keep, you know, put it off, put it off, put it off. Maybe the foolish person just said, I'll, I'll take care of this later. Or maybe the foolish person said, you know what? All my friends are doing it. So it must not be bad. Or maybe the foolish person said, you know what? Everything always works out for me. So it'll probably be okay. Or maybe the foolish person said, you know what? I would be embarrassed if I have to make a change right now. What would my friends think? They would laugh at me because I've already gone so far down this road. I think if I did anything different, they would laugh at me. They'd make fun of me. Or maybe it would be too painful for me to make a change. But regardless of why they decided to do it, the truth is danger was ahead and they chose to keep going and they suffered for it. So here's the big point for tonight. If you don't write anything else down, write this down. When you see trouble coming, change your direction. When you see trouble coming, change your direction. After my dad had his heart attack, the, one of the things that I did was I just realized, you know, the same DNA in my father, the propensity towards heart disease, it's in me too. So I just decided as a teenager, I'm going to take care of myself. I started jogging at the time. I don't jog anymore, but I still exercise. I said, I'm going to start trying to eat the right things. I'm going to start trying to take care of the body that God has given me. And I don't know, I could die tomorrow. But wouldn't it seem to make sense that if if you've got something in you that has the tendency to take you towards a dangerous place, wouldn't you do something to change direction? I want to be around to to see Sinclair get married. I want to watch her grow up. And so I'm making decisions now that hopefully will impact and make for a better tomorrow. And that's what this passage is saying. God wants, God doesn't want you to run smack dab into trouble. That's not God's heart at all. And so this is kind of like, this is just a warning of love to help us. When you see trouble coming, change your direction. After 34 years in ministry, 34 years, I've met a lot of people in ministry. And I can tell you, I have seen more than my fair share of smart, intelligent people, just like you, who regret that they had a chance at some point in time, that they were on a dangerous path and they just thought everything would work out. And now they're living with a whole lot of regret. See, I don't think anybody wakes up in the morning and says, I want to graduate from high school and become a homeless drug addict. But I know a girl who's 25 years old today, sitting probably somewhere just like you are today in high school at one point, struggling on a dangerous path today in her middle 20s, She's homeless, and she's addicted to heroin. Nobody wakes up and says, 
I want to pray that one day in my 30s, I'll move back home with mom and dad. But it happens. People make foolish financial choices and they wind up broke. I don't think there's anybody that prays, God, make me pregnant at 17. So that I have to figure out how I can graduate and be a single parent to my child. You see, no one looks for that. No one plans on that. But sometimes we just don't see the warning signs or we see them and we choose to do nothing about it. Now, here's something that I think is so important about this is that most of the the non-desirable destinations that we might arrive at one day, they don't happen overnight. Almost in every case, people arrive at a destination not because of a one-time decision, but a series of behaviors over a period of time that led them to a place that was dangerous in their lives. See, the one thing that the story has in common for the foolish person and the wise person, both of them, there were places along the way where they could have made a change. It's just the wise person made the change and the foolish person did not. So here's a question you might have tonight. What if, what if I don't make a change and I wind up suffering for it? Some of you might be saying, thinking to yourself, well, he doesn't know this, but I'm already in a place like that. I've made a series of decisions over the course of the last few years and I'm in a place that sucks right now. And I'm in a place that, that it's very dangerous. And I'm, I'm not sure how to get out of it. And I want you to hear this. Because it's so easy sometimes if we wind up in a place like that to think, why is God punishing me? And I want you to hear this tonight. That I don't know what kind of God you believe in. But I don't believe in a God that's sitting around every turn in my life waiting to somehow punish me. You know why I know that? Because the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Jesus came into the world and he died on the cross out of love for you and for me. And so so God's heart is for you. It's not against you. In fact, God wants to set us free from some of the potential pitfalls that we might find ourselves in. So what I want you to hear tonight is that if you're in the middle of that mess right now, God wants to come alongside of you. He loves you. He has never stopped loving you. And even though you're in the middle of the mess, when we acknowledge our need for him, his promise is to help us walk through it. You may still have to go through some of the consequences of the mess you're in because the truth is, You know, God didn't punish us, but sometimes it's the consequences of a series of decisions and actions that we've made over a course of time that we wind up having to deal with. But God wants to come alongside you. It's okay to not be okay. There's not a single person in here that's perfect and has it all down pat. A lot of us have issues and problems and struggles But God wants to come alongside you and help you. He will walk with you through any storm you're in. And I hope you know that tonight. 
So um, here's what I want to ask you. I want you to look down the path you're on right now. And I want to ask you a very important question. Do you see potential trouble? Maybe a close friend has mentioned to you recently, um, you know what, you always lose your temper. Have you ever thought about talking to somebody about that? Of course, then you blow up at them, right? But I mean, maybe a friend has told you, you know, you drink a lot. Or maybe a friend has, has told you, you know, you're hanging out with a group of people. I don't think you know kind of what these people do. Or maybe you've had a friend that says, you know, it seems like you lie all the time. And, um, you know, you lie to get out of trouble. You lie to make yourself look better. And sometimes I don't even know if I can trust what you're saying is true. Maybe a friend has kind of nudged you with just some word of truth that has maybe given you an indication. Maybe this is an area I need to look at. It could be a potential dangerous pathway that I'm on. Or maybe you didn't even need a friend. Maybe you already know it in yourself. Some of you might be with a guy that's um, pressuring you to go further sexually. Or maybe you want to go to college. That's your plan but lately you've just been doing terrible in your classes because you're not studying and you're skipping classes with your friends. And so you can begin to see, I'm on this path and it's not taking me where I want to go. It's not taking me to college. It's going to take you to a far different place. So I want to ask you tonight, can you see yourself making a change tonight? Can you see yourself looking down the road and seeing that potential dangerous place? Would you be willing to make a change? Change is not easy. Change sometimes can be embarrassing. Change can be very difficult, and it may take a season for you to kind of walk through it. I'm going to tell you, it beats a lifetime of regret, and it beats arriving at your adult years a miserable wreck because you saw it coming and you didn't do anything about it. Here's an important thing I want you to realize about change. It feels like a sacrifice. But I want you to understand is that sacrifices now will be investments later. Sacrifices you make now that feel like a big sacrifice are really investments in a better tomorrow. Let me give you an example of that. So when I was um, just starting out ministry, I felt so honored to be a pastor, that God had called me into ministry. I was in my first church. Um, All I wanted to do was impress my senior pastor. I wanted to become a very successful pastor. I wanted to save the world. But at that time, I uh, I was married, and I was the father of a little boy by the name of Ryan. And um, I was so caught up in ministry that I didn't see the warning signs that, that I was headed towards a place of becoming an absentee dad and husband. 
I was, I was not on the path towards becoming, you know, a father who loves his kids and spends time with them and raises up spiritual champions. I was on a path to becoming an absentee husband and father, all in the name of faith. And, and I never forget how I realized I was on the wrong path. We were on vacation and um, we were at this hotel and I was doing my quiet time one morning in the lobby of the hotel. And um, all of a sudden, this guy comes down and he sits across the lobby from me. He was an old guy. He's probably about my age now. And uh, he was across the way and um, he was doing his quiet time. And um, all of a sudden, this young college, beautiful college girl comes running down uh, the stairs into the hotel lobby. And uh, she goes and she jumps in his lap and hugs him. And they're talking about what they're going to do on their first day of vacation. And uh, she's got her little devotional book and her cup of coffee. And they're sitting there doing quiet time together. And all of a sudden, it was like God was giving me a picture of what I wanted my future to look like. You see, my, my preferred destination was that I would be a loving father who leads by example, that I would be there for my kids, that I would raise up children who loved God and loved people and were responsible. And when they had a chance to leave home, they'd still want to go on vacation with their father. And that I just saw a perfect picture of where I wanted to be one day. And then it was like all of a sudden God was just... God was revealing something in my heart. He was revealing to me that, Jerry, as much as I love you, you're not on that path. You're not on that path. You're on the path towards becoming the father that his children don't even know him. And what's worse, you're on the path of doing it in the name of God, and your kids are going to probably learn to hate God. Because it's a church and God that kind of took their dad away into ministry. And it was horrifying. And I thought, I don't want this for my family. And so I had to go back home and make some difficult choices. You know, I had to go back home and talk to my wife and let her know that, you know, I have not been the kind of husband that I needed to be. I had to go back home and talk to my senior pastor and tell him, I got to make some changes in my work schedule. Because I'm not being faithful as a father and a husband in my own family. And how can I lead the church if I'm not even leading my own family well? It was embarrassing. All I wanted to do was impress my senior pastor. But I can tell you today, that was an investment. It felt like a sacrifice, but it was an investment. Because today... The greatest treasure in my heart is not the church that I serve. It's that I have three adult children who love God and love people and they love me and they're serving God and they're trying to make the world a better place. And that means everything to me. Sacrifices feel like you're losing something, but the truth is they're simply investments in a better tomorrow. So where do you want to be 10 years from now, 15 years from now? Where do you want to be in terms of college? Where do you want to be in terms of career? Where do you want to be in terms of family or marriage? 
Where do you want to be 10, 15 years from now? You're praying for it. You're hoping that one day you arrive there. But are you on the right path to get you there? That's a question we have to all ask. So I want to end up by giving you just one very important word that I believe will help you uh, right now, right where you are, to get on the right path. Besides making some necessary changes. You see, you can hope and pray for, for a certain destination. You can hope and pray that that dangerous potential future will go away. But the truth is, you got to take some kind of action to make sure that you change courses and you get off the road you're on onto the road that's going to lead you where you want to be. But here's a very important word I want to give to all of you. Seek wise counsel. Seek wise counsel. Now let me tell you who is not wise counsel. Your friends. Now I'm not, I'm not putting down your friends. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Your friends are important. The kind of friends you hang out with will determine your destination. So you want to be hanging out around friends who are challenging you, who love you, who encourage you, who pray for you, who are after some of the same things that you are in life. But here's something very important. Your friends, they're in the same boat you're in. They've never been to life 15 years from now. But you do have some people that have been there. And you have some people that have the scars to prove it. And they love you so much, they would do anything to help you not make the same mistakes they did. And you have some people that have walked through some of those dangerous places and they've come out on the end with their faith intact and they love God like crazy. So what I want to encourage you to do is find wise counsel. And here's a few things you need to look for. Look for someone who's 10 to 15 years older than you who loves Jesus. Look for someone who is, is in a place right now that you hope to be one day. That you look at their life and you say, man, they're awesome. I like where they are right now. And on top of that, make sure wise counsel is someone who loves you enough to be straight with you. Because you can find any person on any corner to always tell you what you want to hear. But when you're in a dangerous place, you don't need someone to tell you what, you, what you're thinking. You need someone that's going to love you enough to give you the truth. That's why the Bible says this. The Bible says a um, couple of passages. You can just write them down. I think they're going to be on the screen. Proverbs 1.5 says this. A wise man will hear and increase in learning. And a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. So a wise person realizes they don't know everything. And you don't either, and neither do I. I need someone in my life 10 to 15 years ahead of me who knows, who's lived it. And so, but are you seeking wise counsel? That's what a wise person does. And then Proverbs 12, 15 says this, the way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. You see, a foolish person says, I got this. 
I know everything that I need to know. But a wise person says, I don't know everything. In fact, I'm looking right now at a pretty dangerous path in my life. And I don't know what to do. And maybe you're saying that to yourself now. I don't know how to get out of this. And maybe you need someone that will come alongside you and help you. Or maybe you're saying, I don't feel like there's any potential danger right out there right now. But, but I want to arrive at a place where I've never been before. And I just need someone that's traveled that and has done it with faith in Jesus. So here's some potential possibilities. Let me just suggest the obvious, your life group leader. Some of you have life, you have life group leaders that love you. They love Jesus. They want to be there for you. So if you're going through something now, or you just, one of the wisest things you could ever do, tell me, tell me about your, you know, if you're like in middle school now, tell me how to get through middle school. Tell me how you got through high school. Tell me how you made it through college. I mean, one of the wisest things you could do is go to someone like that. They love you and they care for you. Another wise counsel, your parents. Now, I know they're not cool right now, right? They won't be cool for for many, many years. Probably after college, your parents will become cool again. But I'm going to tell you, they love you like crazy. They're not perfect. You know, they've made a lot of mistakes along the way too. But if they love Jesus, and, and I know they love you, they make a great source of wise counsel. And your pastors love you like crazy too. Got a lot of pastors here at this church. And I can tell you, for this pastor, I'd rather spend a half an hour helping you sort through some of the struggles you're going through right now than have you show up at my office 15 years down the road a wreck. Because no one was there to, to help you through this difficult time. But I want to encourage you, find someone in your life who can give you wise counsel. So as we wrap up tonight, here's the things I want you to remember. When you see trouble ahead, change directions. Sacrifices now, no matter how difficult they are, will be worthwhile investments in a better future. And seek wise counsel. Love you guys. And I thank you so much for letting me share with you tonight. So let me just pray for you. And uh, let's pray for just a moment. Loving Father, I thank you so much for each of these students. God, it was a student ministry like this that changed my life forever. So God, I love what you're doing in their hearts and lives. But I know there might be some students here tonight who are struggling. And they realize that maybe they're on a dangerous path. Would you come alongside them in this moment? Would you make your presence very real in their hearts and lives? Would they know that you are an anchor in the midst of all of life's storms? Would they trust you? Father, I pray that there would be decisions made tonight that would help shape a better tomorrow for each of the young persons here tonight. God, you want what is best for us. You want to give us the abundant life. And so, Father, may we make decisions tonight. We can pray about it. We can hope for it. 
But God, don't let us leave here before we've resolved some decisions we're going to make that will lead us to a better tomorrow. We want to follow after you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.